When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's podcast, we're joined by a very experienced coach. He's been at every level, currently is working with Maryland as an analyst, and we're really excited to have him here, Coach Ron Zook. Coach, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate what you're doing for this profession. Obviously, uh, this is something that, uh, you know, it, it just allows people to gain more information. And I think if, if no matter how old or how long you've been in the game, I mean, that's, that's the deal. You never stop learning and you never stop trying to, trying to gain information. Appreciate that coach. Well, I know you're an Ohio guy here. You grew up in Loudonville, not too far from where I am. And, uh, you know, got your start playing there, coaching, uh, in Ohio as well, Ohio high school football in Orville, uh, played at Miami of Ohio, and uh, at some point there, Coach, you, you had this uh, desire to become a football coach. For, for you, when was the, uh, the idea sparked that football coaching was going to be your career? Well, you know, I, I really I never, never, never planned on getting into coaching. Uh, it's just something I, I was very, very fortunate to, to go to Miami, Ohio at a very, very good time. Uh, I was there with, with uh, Coach Mowry and, and Coach Crum were my head coaches and, and – uh, I was fortunate enough to, to the years that I played, the three years that I played, we, we only lost one game. And, you know, we, we beat the Florida and Georgia and South Carolina. And, you know, you know, we just, it was just a, it was an unbelievable run. And as I look back on it, uh, it you know, football, the game of football has taught me like it has, I'm sure many others, uh, a lot about life. I mean, when you get knocked down, you get back up, you just keep on going and, but anyway, uh, in all my coaching, I, I, I've tried to de- – how do you develop an attitude uh, that we had uh, at Miami of Ohio? And even, and even to this day, uh, we're close. I mean, guys, you know, I, I, I saw a, a, a former teammate uh, a couple weeks ago that was here at, uh, at our uh, Minnesota game, Pat Keefe, and, and his, his grandson is, is a graduate assistant here. So, you know, it's, it's just it's, – it's, you know, you make memories, you make uh, – friendships that last forever and, and, and using your teammates that uh, those are the guys that no matter if you haven't seen them in 10 or 20 or 15 years or whatever, you, you know, you, it doesn't take long for that bond to come right back. But as I said, I, I had no intentions of ever coaching, but uh, I went really when, when the time came to give the game up, I really wasn't uh, ready to give it up. And I, 
I was, you know, fortunate enough to, because of my major, to, to, to be certified to teach anything in, in, uh, in science. So I uh, went to Orville, Ohio, and, and Mo Tipton was the head coach there. One of the, you know, had six job opportunities, and Mo uh, kind of browbeat me into coming up there mm-hmm. and a very, very successful program. And, and uh, so five years of football, I had lost one game and tied two, and I thought, well, you know, this, this, is, this is kind of fun. I, I think I want to try it the next level. So I uh, went to Murray State University of Murray, Kentucky with Mike Godfrey, another in you know, Crestline, Ohio, another Ohio guy. And, and I was with Coach Godfrey, who you know, the longest of anybody that uh, that I worked for. I was with him for seven years and I was able to, you know, as a graduate assistant, I had my own position. I coached the secondary, my own recruiting. And, and so even though I wasn't making any money, I still had to get, get the experience of, you know, of coaching and, and recruiting and all the things that, that, that come with it. And, and uh so I was able to, you know, continue to climb a ladder. And, and I think anybody, you ask anybody in the, in the profession, uh, you know, if you're, the successes that you have are usually dependent upon the people that you're able to be around. Uh, the, the players are number one. I mean, I, I, it's still about the players. Uh, when I was at the University of Tennessee, uh, Ken Donahue, who was Bear Bratt's defensive coordinator for 21 years, he used to always say, Ron, it's better to be known as a bad coach with good players than a good coach with bad players. And uh, players make the game, and it is—it's the players' game, and then it's the coach's job is to to get the players to to play to the best of their ability. And I and I really think that's what coaching's all about, because as I've just mentioned, I mean, if there was one way of doing things, we'd all be doing it the same way. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was just once again fortunate enough to be around the uh, great coaches, great people, and, and and you learn from those. And and I think what you do is is you have to kind of use your personality. You take the things that you learn from the people that you work for, and you know, fit them into your personality. I think you have to be who you are and, and uh, you have to be, you know, it still comes down to, as I said, the players and, and uh, you know, in college you're, you're recruiting players and in the NFL, you're drafted players and you don't always get, you don't always get the opportunity to, you know, get the ones that you want, but you, you got to coach the ones that you got. And, mm-hmm. and uh, to me, bottom line coaching is, 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 is getting a player to play to the utmost, the best of his ability. And I think number one or number two, putting him in a position where he can play to the best of his ability. You know, what's, what's maybe a, a particular technique that's, that's really good for one player. Uh, it may not be as good for the next player. And I think that's part of coaching is being able to, as I said, put players in a position where they can be successful. Yeah. I think that's something as you grow as a coach, you start to learn that, uh, you know, it's, it's not all the cookie cutter approach. Every player is a little bit different. Um, and, and it does take time to start to see that as a coach, as you look back, Coach, at, at your early years, you know, in your development, who were some of those guys really who were your mentors and, you know, what are those lessons you took away that really became part of your coaching and the way you did things? Well, as I said, I go back to, you know, when I, when I played at Miami of Ohio, you know, with, you know, Coach Maury and the way that we ran the team, Coach Crum, a little bit different, but still, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, well, I said a lot different, really. I mean, the two different people and, but but we still had the same type of players, and it was a it was a you know an unselfish team. It was a team where football is a you know is about you know a team, and and no matter how good you are, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be around a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, who's the best I've ever been around in terms of a quarterback, and you know, but still he he couldn't. He, you got to have good players around him. So, but but how do you develop that attitude uh, where everybody you know the unselfish team attitude where. You know, it's amazing what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit. And, and I think that's the thing that, 
you know, coaches are always trying to develop and, you know, it's hard in this day and age uh, because everybody's, you know, the instant gratification, the, you know, the media, the, the, the exposure, all the things that everybody's chasing is still, you know, it's, it's hard to get everybody on that page, but uh, it started at Miami. And then, then, as I said, I was very, very fortunate to, to go to work for a man, uh, Bo Tipton, you know, who, who taught me, you know, uh, as I said, a very, very successful high school program in Orville, Ohio, uh, right there, Maslin, Akron, Canton, uh, there by the Hall of Fame, uh, a very football rich uh, community with, with, you know, with a, with a lot of uh, you know, tradition and so forth. And, and uh, once again, you know, Mo, Mo kind of got me, you know, started on, you know, how you do things. And, and he ran the program like a, like a college. And, and as I said, then I was fortunate enough to Mike Godfrey, who, you know, I, I probably am more like Butch Godfrey than, than, than anybody in terms of just the way he, you know, he did things. And, and once again, differently, uh, different. And, and I think you, you learn from, you know, you learn from, uh, from, from people that you work for. And as I said, you try to, you don't necessarily try to emulate them. You try to use the things that, you know, that fit your personality. Uh, Frank Beamer, uh, probably my biggest recruit, you know, he was at the Citadel and I talked him into or recruited him to Murray State as the defensive coordinator. And then Frank and I become very, became very, very close. And of course, Frank went on to have a, a great, great career and, and, and at Murray State and of course, Virginia Tech where he played. In fact, I actually went to Virginia Tech for the one year, mm-hmm. uh, his, his first year at Tech. Uh, Johnny Majors uh, at the University of Tennessee, uh, Larry Marmy, who was uh, on the staff, the guy that kind of talked me into going to to, to Tennessee. Uh, Ken Donahue, as, as I mentioned, uh, was Bear Bryant's defensive coordinator for 21 years. I mean, you know, he had a different way of doing things, but it was all about football. It was all about team. It was all about, you know, getting players to play the, you know, the best of the, you know, their ability. Uh, but, but, you know, then you quish, you, you get, a, you, you get opportunities to, you know, high state, John Cooper, uh, unbelievable football coach. I think one of the things that a lot of people didn't or didn't know about Coach Cooper is uh, at Ohio State is he was a great football coach. I mean, he understood football. He understood the game. Uh, he understood you know, how players reacted and, and so forth. And obviously, it was we struggled a little bit there in the beginning at Ohio State, but I think as as you know, as, as, as towards the end of his career, I mean, any people the players he brought in there and so forth uh, was unbelievable. Uh, uh, and then of course going to Florida and and, and uh, coaching was Coach Purr and that was a little bit different uh, being on the defensive side of the ball with a strictly an offensive uh, football coach but still you you know the, the record being around the good players that we had there and, and being able to do those things and then Pittsburgh Bill Cowher I mean guy six uh, here's a guy that uh, was was a very very successful NFL coach and I think when you get into the NFL, you, you realize not only the coaching, but you realize the personnel people. I mean, mm-hmm. the the that's where you really see that guys, you know, how important uh, not only a great player, but 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 the player has to be able to fit into your system, to fit into your culture, uh, those kinds of things. And 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 Tom Donahue, who was the guy who was kind of in charge of personnel there, pitched it to, uh, with the Steelers uh, when I was there, was just. Uh, you know, did an unbelievable job. Jim Hazlitt, uh, who, you know, was, became the head coach of New Orleans Saints and took me to the Saints as a coordinator. Uh, Rick, Ventur- Rick Venturi, who uh, uh, it was the youngest t- head coach at the time, uh, when he was a head coach at Northwestern, uh, the youngest uh, uh, Division One football coach. Uh, I mean, he, he was just an unbelievable football coach in terms of knowledge, in terms of getting it done and just to, you know, help me so much. Uh, my first year as a coordinator at, at New Orleans, just a, you know, unbelievable man. 
and it just goes on and on. I mean, you, you know, you, 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 the, the people that you're around, uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, when mm-hmm. I was in Green Bay, uh, Green Bay Packers, uh, just, uh, just unbelievable. And, and as I said, I think most coaches will tell you that any, any, the people that are successful in this profession, they, they can, they can, they're always going to be able to go back and say, hey, these guys are the guys that kind of got me on the on the track. And I think, you know, they talk about coaching trees and so forth. I think a lot of it is, is you know, they have a system. And as I said, if, if there was one system, whether it be offense, defense, or special teams, if there was one system that was the best, I mean, we'd all be doing the same thing. Because right. ultimately, everybody wants to win. But it's a system that you believe in. And, there's, you know, there's been an awful lot of, you know, coaches try to try to change things, and 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 sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But ultimately, you go back to the, you know, what your your, your fundamentals and what what really taught you the game, and uh, and that that that's usually uh, what you, what you rely on. So, but I think most coaches are going to say that the two, the guys, the success that they have, have usually been a direct result of, you know, the people that they've been able to be around in in, in this great game. And it, you know, it is a great game. I mean, it's. I think it's different from the standpoint back in the day where coaches would, would, would stay and you get into all the stories. They, I know these talk about uh, Coach Schembechler, all the stories. Those guys would be there late at night just telling stories and so forth. And I think it used to be that way a little bit where now it's more where coaches get out of the office. And But there's also much more information with the computers and all the things you can cut up and teaching um, things that you have to, to help your players uh, – uh, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. So even though I, I think there's no question it's, it's, it's gotten better uh, with, with, uh, you know, as I said, the, the, there's more information out there. And I think that's what you have to do with the coaches to be, to be able to give your players what they can handle. It's not what, you know, it's, it's what they can perform. You know, football is a reaction game. Uh, the, the, the more times you do something, the faster you're going to get. I always always say, uh, you know, I, I was at Florida and at Illinois both. We had a lot of young players just in the beginning years. And, you know, you can't buy experience. Uh, you know, Coach Bowden, I remember him making a comment my first year I was at Florida saying that you're going to lose it. You know, you're going to lose a game for every freshman that starts. And, and I thought to myself, well, that's not good for us. <laughs> we had a bunch of, we had a bunch of freshmen starting, but you know, you, 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 players are going to be better their third and fourth, fourth year. That's just just the way it is. And and uh, the big job is is to is to get the ones in there that that are going to develop. And and uh, and I think probably where the personnel comes in is is being able to to see that. You know, some people can see it and some people can't. And I think that's why you see a lot of discrepancies in players. That uh, I remember Coach Paterno telling me one time, if you remember back in the uh, I guess it was early '90s where Penn State had kind of fallen off a little bit, and and he attributed it to the fact of all this early signing, where mm-hmm. you know they were taking kids that 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 looked like they were going to be really good players, but then didn't pan out to to be the type of player because they're so young and they change. So you know some guys, some some players do develop and at in, in, in a faster rate, and some don't, and some are already developed. And maybe they're not going to get a lot better. And he he kind of attributed the trends in football to that is, is with all the early signing. And, and, and of course now, I mean, that's what it is now. Everybody's early signing and in the colleges and kids coming out early and so forth. But, yep. but uh, uh, you know, still, as I said, the bottom line is, 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 is getting, it comes down to getting the, the best players that are going to fit your program, fit your system, fit what you do and, and your culture and so forth. And then uh, 
getting them to play to, to the best of their ability. And football's a hard game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a hard game. And you've got to make people do things sometimes that they don't want to do. And 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 then somehow, however, you know, everybody does that differently. And, and I think everybody has their own way of doing that. But ultimately, it still comes down to getting the players to play to the best of their ability and what, uh, what they do. And, then, of course, the luck of the draw, the rub of the green come into effect in this game. So, and it's just part of it. Coach, we got a lot of young coaches in the audience, whether that's, uh, you know, graduate assistants or uh, high school guys who maybe want to get into the college level and higher. And, and there was a spot in your career that special teams took on a role for you and it, it opened that door uh, for you be, to be able to, to uh, move into the NFL uh, and, you know, do some things in the NFL as well for, for you, how big uh, was, you know, having that experience and, and being able to dig into special teams for you? And, and I guess, you know, what, what part did that play for you as you became a head coach, the importance of special teams? Well, when, when I left Pittsburgh, I, I said I would never deal with the punt team again. <laughs> and I didn't until I became a head coach. And, that, and it's just, it's, you, you know, the one thing, and, and it helped me, Coaching special teams is really uh, it's it's everybody when you coach an offensive or defensive player you know the, by the time you get them in college or the NFL they have you know they've been a receiver they've they've been a quarterback they've been a defensive back they've been a defensive lineman so they have an idea of the technique and what they have to do when you're coaching guys in the special team particularly well in college and in the NFL you're coaching them in the, in a, to do something that they've never done that's completely new to them. Uh, you know, and, 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 and even you get one play, you don't get second down and third down on a, on a special teams play. And, you know, some games, uh, you know, the special teams are not as important as others, but, but, you know, I, 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 uh, when I was with coach Godfrey, the uh, guy that was a head coach at Youngstown state for a long time in Southern Illinois, Memphis, uh, Ray, coach Ray Dempsey, another Ohio guy. Uh, he, he had been the special teams uh, coordinator for the Detroit lions. And, and uh, this is, you know, that's kind of when I, he used to work with me about, you know, how important the special teams were. And if I ever had, a, ever really had an ambition to, to go on and at a high level, that, 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 that back out, it helped me. And, and, uh, and I've been fortunate enough to coach two thirds of the game or the, you know, at the highest level and being the coordinator in defense uh, uh, with the new Orleans saints. And of course the coordinator with the green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers and special teams. And, you know, it, it truly is. I mean, it, it's not important until it loses a game for you. And, and that's, you know, this day and age, you know, winning and losing, I mean, that's what you're judged on. It, it's nothing else. And, and uh, so the more you know about the game, uh, the better chance you have to put your players in a position to be successful. And, and uh, now I've been around a lot of coaches that don't know a lot about the kicking game. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think you look at, you look at time management, uh, uh, the issues that happen in the kicking game, the, the last two minutes of a Rick Ventura used to always say the last two minutes of the half or the last two minutes of the game, there's more coaches that get fired because those are the things that people work, have time to think about. I mean, they, you know, if, if it's at halftime, then they get the, the whatever, however long the halftime is, they get to complain about it and talk about it and second guess it. And of course, if it's after the game, it's the same thing. So, you know, those kinds of things that, that, that a lot of times it comes down to special teams plays, those are, you know, those are things that can, can, can have an effect on, uh, on, on your success as, as a football coach. So I think the more you know about the game, it's just like anything else. The more you know about a, a, a something, the, the more successful, the better chance you've got to be successful. 
So you mentioned that you coach two-thirds of the game. doesn't mean you don't have the knowledge of that other offensive side. What was your approach as the head coach then, a guy who had been you know, defensive coordinator, defensive guy, special teams coordinator? What was your approach in how you handled the offensive side of the ball and, and uh, you know, what you would – your involvement in game plan and, and those types of decisions, big decisions on a game day? Well, we tried to make as many of the decisions, and obviously you cannot make them all, but we tried to make as many of the decisions as we possibly could during the week. Uh, and, and, and one of the reasons I'm here with Coach Loxley right now is, I mean, Loxley was my offensive coordinator, and, and, and we had a very, very close relationship. I, I, I knew what was going on. I had confidence in him, as, but I, I knew what was going on with our offense. I, I think, it, And I'd always looked at it from a defensive point of view. In other words, what what is the offense? You know, is a defensive coach. You know, what is the offense? What causes you problems? What are the things that you know that, that you don't like to see? Uh, uh, so, you know, I was able to approach it from that standpoint, and and uh, I think we worked well together because he would tell me what he was trying to do to, to a defense, and then obviously I would tell him what the how the defense was looking at it. And it's so funny. I'll sit in these staff meetings now and I'll listen to him. And, it's exactly what he's doing the other way around, talking to the defensive coaches. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what I did is, is I was always involved uh, uh, with the offensive side of the ball. I would watch, I would be on the offensive side during practice, and then I would circle plays that, that, that I maybe had questions about or so forth. And then I would be with the offensive staff and watch those plays. And then I would watch the practice take with the defensive coaches. Uh, so I was able to have a have a hand or a grip in, in on on both sides of the ball and what was going on. Like I said, you try to make as many of the decisions, you know, in, 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 before the game. You talk about you talk about as many game situations as you possibly can. Uh, what are you going to do in this situation? What is, what's your thoughts in this situation? Uh, for two reasons: number one, I, I want it to already be thought of, and, and number two, I, I, I that I would know what was you know, what, what he was thinking and what was, what was, what was going on. And then if I, you know, during the game, I would try to get a feel with, with what the defense was trying to do to the offense. What, 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 what are the, what are they trying to do to affect our offense? So, uh, uh, you know, and, and I think if you, you talk to, you look at Nick Saban or you look at Coach Belichick or those guys, that's, that's exactly what they do. You, you know, people, obviously Nick Saban is a defensive football coach, but I promise you, he knows what's going on on the offensive side of the football and, and, uh, and, and every aspect just as, as, as most, most head coaches are going to know what's going on on both sides and all three phases of the game. As, as you were looking to hire that offensive coordinator on your staff, were there any things from a philosophical standpoint, again, being that guy with a defensive mind who, you know, you said, this is really what I'd like to see. Um, maybe maybe it's not exactly the the style of play, but philosophically, you know, these are things we need to do to be successful. What were those things that you really wanted on your offense? Well, in both places, and, and at the University of Florida and at at, uh, at the University of Illinois, I, I I hired guys that did the things that I didn't like to see on defense: the, the high tempo, the multiple formations, the you know, uh, things that would cause defenses issues uh, in terms of uh, substitutions and personnel groupings. And uh, then obviously when you add the option in there, uh, uh, the re- you know, and, and obviously I think offenses to, today are a little bit ahead of the defenses. I think, you know, with the, you know, with the, with the option, you know, you had the option back in the day, but, but, but now you got the RPOs, which is, it's the same thing. It's just a pass instead of a, 
you know, where, you know, uh, how are they reading it and how they, you know, what are those kinds of things that, that, uh, that cause the defense's issues to, you know, you know, the defense has got to be able to, they just like an offense checks an offensive play. Well, defense has got to be able to check defensive plays as well. So it's a, it's a cat and mouse game. And I think, uh, so that's what you, you know, that's, you know, you have to be good during the game. I think if, if you look at the most successful coaches nowadays, there are guys that can make the adjustments during the game. And, and once again, it goes back to putting your players in position to be successful. Uh, uh, if a particular, you know, you're going to usually know in the first couple of series or, you know, a lot of, a lot of offensive coaches, they got a 15 play or 12 play uh, series of plays that they've already scripted or scripted plays. And, you know that they're gonna they're gonna see what you're gonna do with particular formations and particular motions and and uh, you know the speed of the game and that kind of stuff. How you handle that? And then they're they're gonna kind of settle into to, to, to what's gonna happen. And I think as a as a defensive coach and vice versa, you have to be able to make those adjustments during the game uh, and and it's special teams too. It's you know it's amazing what you know what you have to <laughs> you have to be you got to be able to adjust during the game. And I think you know the best coaches are guys that can, are able to do that. Coach, now on, on the side you're on with being an analyst, I'm sure uh, you see a lot more of, of what's going on with the analytics side. Certainly been a boom in that. And, and things that, you know, you see some of the situations come up uh, that are, are definitely analytics driven. And, uh, you know, I've always asked and picked pick the brains of head coaches and coordinators about the idea of giving up a score late in the game. And, uh, you know, sure enough, one week in the season, you see it on, on Saturday with Indiana and Penn State, and then you see it with the, the, the Lions and the Falcons on Sunday. I've never seen anything like it where two games, they give up a score and end up, you know, winning because of that. But uh, certainly kind of highlights the importance of understanding the analytics as, you know, we've really made a lot of advancements in that. And, you know, typically guys just refer to it as the book, right? And you see that binder on the sideline. But, you know, <laughs> with uh, – the analytics side, and, and I guess that kind of being pushed more and more to the forefront. How important that is that in the game today? Well, I think the analytics, and, and, and where I really started getting into the analytical part of it is when I went to Green Bay, but because uh, it's all analytics. I mean, and the NFL has, has become that, and, and uh, you know certain situations. But I think this, it still comes down to during the game, a coach has to have a gut feeling, and and. Uh, I think I, you know, I might have, I don't know if it was this year or last year uh, where Coach Belichick was asking, you know, well, analytically you should have done this, but you did this, and 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 once again, I mean, it kind of comes down to your gut feeling too. I mean, you gotta you gotta rely on your experiences. I mean, this man's been coaching football for forty or fifty years. I mean, he, he you gotta really be able to rely on your experiences. But on the same token, sometimes it's hard it's hard to look at those analytics and because they're right and. And I and I think the other place where analytics have really become a big part is how we train the train the athletes now, you know, with the GPSs and the workloads, and you're able to keep them fresh and and hopefully they are healthy. Uh, uh, so that's another big area that's really taken over here in the last couple of years, uh, where teams are able to you know look at the workload and 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 kind of foresee that, hey, I got a guy that's you know that you know, he played. He played 85 plays last game, you know, and he, maybe we got to back him off a little bit this week. And, you know, so you try to keep him fresh. Which I think it's really become a big thing uh, in, in, in that standpoint. But then, of course, the analytics of, you know, where's the ball at? You know, in, in the NFL, for example, when some ball crosses 32, there's a there's a 30, or once it crosses the 30, there's a 32% chance you're going to score. Uh-huh. So as a kickoff return team, do you, do you take a fair catch at the 25 and uh, put the ball on the 25 or you try to run it out or, 
because those those yards make a difference and and so you have to kind of you know what kind of what kind of return team do you have what kind of cover team do they have you know, the wins all those things kind of go into it and and uh, you try to make the best possible decision but I, I still think a lot of it comes down to to a gut feeling as sure. well uh, uh, you know, and, and and I think most you know the, the experienced coaches are going to use those analytics and and, and rely on those analytics, but still going to use their gut feeling. Well, Coach, to, to tie things up, I had mentioned to you, you know, I'd ask the, the question I ask everybody at the end here, on, taken from one of my favorite books, Bill Walsh's Finding the Winning Edge. And, you know, you look at all the things you've done as a coach on and off the field. What's the, the one thing you'd point to as really giving your guys the winning edge? Well, I, I don't know if it's just if there's one thing uh, in particular, but but I I really believe this. I, I think uh, football is a team game, and and the more you can help your team become a team and 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 and, and pull together, uh, the better chance you have of being of winning. And then I think the other thing is 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 doing the things that your players do best, uh, being able to adapt to them instead of making them adapt to you. And and then all you know once again you know putting them in positions to be successful. The winning edge to me is 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 number one you better have players and number two putting putting them in position to to be successful and play at the at the highest peak. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're going to be speaking at uh, one of the first clinics of the off season, December eighth through the twelfth, the Illinois High School Football Coaches Association clinic. I believe a lot of what you're going to focus on is just uh, some of the Q&A and coach development uh, type of topics. Well, I hope so. And once again, Illinois was awfully good to me. I spent seven years in Champaign and, you know, we were fortunate enough to, you know, to take a program. It kind of had fallen on some tough times and probably went to the, we went to the Rose Bowl third year, which is probably too early. (laughs) You know, it kind of retarded our progress there, but uh, anyway, it is what it is. So, but I, I'm looking forward to, to, to speaking with the Illinois people. Well, Coach, again, we, we appreciate your time. We're looking forward to that. And uh, good luck to you in Maryland here the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the coaching coordinator podcast that's at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on twitter at coach k grabowski